It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Just Well, good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist. Certified Nutrition Specialist and Licensed Nutritionist. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutrition education and counseling. You know, each week, I like to share a life-changing story with you. This is a comment a class member, Brenna, shared on her evaluation sheet. Brenna said, Before the class, I had been a vegetarian for a couple of years. I thought I wanted to learn how to eat more healthy as a vegetarian, But I discovered for my body, eating meat helped me feel better. And now I eat lots of meat and I feel a lot better. So I don't feel tired and sluggish. I feel better about myself emotionally. That's kind of an interesting comment. And I'm a lot happier, which is huge. It has helped my depression and anxiety, which is Awesome. And she underlined awesome. <laughs> that is a perfect example of we what we call changing your nutrition to change your life. So joining me to, this morning is Cara Carper, who is also a licensed nutritionist at Nutritional Weight and Wellness and sees clients in our Wyzetta office. Every week, Cara has appointments not only in the office, but with many clients by phone and on Skype. Mm-hmm. And Cara, you were recently on Care 11 News talking about the new science of weight loss, right? That's right, Dar. It was January 12th, and I was interviewed by Diana Pierce at the, on the 4 o'clock news, mm-hmm. and it was about the new science of weight loss, which, if people don't know what that term is, the new science of weight loss directs people to stop dieting, stop the low-calorie starvation approach to trying to lose weight, and really to just eat to heal the body, heal the metabolism, and lose weight with real food. So if anyone wants to watch that interview on our website, it's weightandwellness.com. And I shared examples of real food meals that support metabolism and weight loss and also support moods and energy and just overall wellness. So you showed the pictures of or you actually showed the food right there. Right. We have examples of a lot of it was based on like healthy proteins Mm -hmm. because that's going to increase metabolism for several hours. And then the healthy fats. People are usually trying to stay away from those when they're cutting calories. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's the new science of weight loss, Mm -hmm. eating real food. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So now uh, today, you know, we have a great topic today. It is nutrition's critical role in treating eating disorders. So I bet there's a lot of uh, moms and probably a lot of younger people or just anyone out there listening and they would like to know more about or they have questions about eating disorders. And we've got a lot of information to share today. But if you have questions about eating disorders, uh, give us a call here because we got the answers. So it's 651-641-1071. So, so Dar, you know, at least 24 million people of all ages and genders suffer from some type of an eating disorder. That's a lot of people, isn't it, Carl? 24 million. But only one out of 10 of those men and women receive treatment. So sadly, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. And mortality means what? That's a death rate. That's kind of so shocking. So that's very, yeah. The highest rate. It's very serious. Mm. 
So in the past, people generally believed an eating disorder was a psychological disorder, just as they believed an alcohol addiction is a behavior problem. But in recent years, due to extensive brain research, um, better outcomes are occurring when nutrition therapy is combined with the cognitive and the behavioral therapy. Because the brain has to be prepared nutritionally in order for the behavioral therapy to work. I think this is a really new concept and a new thought. And there are, you know, a few books out there about talking about this very same thing. But we're going to explore some interesting things today about eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And joining us today is Marcy Vasky to share how nutrition has really helped her recover from, well, maybe recover, recovering, whatever we want to call it, from anorexia. So, Marcy, welcome to the show. So let's just find out a little bit more about you. So, is that okay? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and thank you for having me here today. I'm happy to be here and, and share my story. Um, so, Marcy, pull the mic up closer to you. All right. I know you're a little bit taller, so we just have to <laughs> shift it up there. That's good. There speak, we go. speak right into it. Might have to now hold it. <laughs> I might have to hold it. We'll it's fix a it on break. <laughs> yeah, I just got to. So, right. Marcy, when did your eating disorder get started? Because you've really struggled with this anorexia for a little while now, haven't you? Quite a while, I'd say. Um, you know, my journey, and that's what I'll call it now, it really didn't feel like much of a journey while going through it, really started at a very young age. Um, I felt that at a, a young age, I, I remember having thoughts of, you know, should I eat it? Maybe I shouldn't eat it. That's that's too much. So you, when you're talking about young age, you're talking about mm, six, seven years old? or Probably seven uh Seven, eight, nine, I yeah. remember thinking, I just, maybe I shouldn't have that. That's just too much. Well, most um, kids are thinking about, you know, if they can catch that frog and put it in or whatever. Or, exactly. Or if their fish is going to die in the tank. Or right. Something. I was worried about my waistline. Not, not, <laughs> not a good thing. Um, but really, um, at about 14, I decided, you know, I'm done with this. I'm going to lose this weight and I'm going to get thinner. So that's really when I started restricting and uh, decided that peanut Reese's peanut butter cups and diet Pepsi was a much better way to lose weight. And (laughs) that's all I ate really um, for a long time. And I, I did lose the weight, but I felt miserable and um, it really just kind of maintained. I maintained a normal weight, much of high school and, but really the, the mental or the recycled thoughts continued and the battle just kind of remained within and always fighting the, the proverbial pounds I thought I had. So Marcy, when you said recycled thoughts, what does that mean exactly? What did you, what were, what were you thinking all the time? Um, I was thinking, you know, when should I eat it? Why should I eat it? That's too much to eat. Well, I ate that, so I shouldn't eat that constant. So my mind was just always worrying about food You know, for someone who didn't want to eat the food, I probably thought about food 24 hours a day. (laughs) So I think, Marcy, you know, really working with clients, this is, especially people that have an eating disorder, this is not uncommon to have those same kind of food thoughts going through your brain all the time. Oh, I would say it's common. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So Um, I bet a lot of our listeners are saying, 
Oh, yeah, I had that one. I know that one. That might be me. <laughs> and you know what I think is interesting about what you're saying is, you know, there's kind of a stereotypical, like, you know, you think about someone with an eating disorder as being like extra thin or too thin. But what you were saying is and you were a normal weight. Right. But I this was. consumed your thoughts 24 hours a day. Right. Always thinking and battling the battle in my head. It was it was exhausting and it becomes exhausting. And anyone who has this knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I, I got to college in 1993, you know, that was the no fat, low fat. Oh, yes. I was the queen of not putting a piece of fat in my mouth. I had decided that, you know, I was going to eat every carb around and had, you know, I, I would eat. For example, I decided I was just going to eat marshmallows for a short period of time. That lasted a few weeks. And why did you eat marshmallows? Just the carbs. No fat. They were, they were fat-free. <laughs> That's right. So, which we all know is ridiculous mm-hmm. now. We call and, it disordered eating. I think it's disordered thinking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a lot of that. Um, but, you know, so in college, I did, again, I, my weight was pretty normal, but I did maintain that by... Um, I started to compulsively exercise. So I would exercise a couple times a day. So, and okay, a couple of times. This means that 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> no, no. Okay, more than that. Well, I would, you know, hour and a half in the morning, hour and a half at night, take the longest route to every class I had, um, up the seven flights of stairs in my dorm. You know, any way I thought I could get rid of or to maintain the calories I was putting in my mouth mm-hmm. um, is what I pretty much did. Um, and, you know, after college then is when I really kind of hit the wall. I uh, I was working out hard. I was eating less and less. And by the age of 25, I was a mess. I felt a mess. My mind was a mess. And uh, at a... a yearly exam that I was at, my physician said, you know, I really think you need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and and somebody you know, specifically about an eating yeah, disorder. She thought that it would be best I see a therapist. Okay. And, and at first I was thinking, I am totally fine. I have this so under control. And of course, uh, <laughs> of course, I mean, that's what I do. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I, I did take the number. I went home and I, you know, I just really thought about what was going on with me and and I thought, maybe maybe she's right. So I did make that phone call, and uh, I sat in that therapist's room for 10 years. <laughs> wow. So, Marcy, this is, isn't this an interesting story, Dar? Yes, and we're going to keep... We're going to have Marcy talk more about her journey when we come back. We do have to take our break. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. It is so important during the cold and flu season, which we're right in the middle of now, but it's important to keep your immune system strong. So I always make sure that I'm taking my bifido balance, which is good bacteria, at least twice a day. I take my zinc at bedtime, my vitamin C with breakfast and lunch, my 10 drops of grapefruit seed extract, which is liquid advantage concentrate. I take that once a day. And then, of course, at night, if anyone's heard me talk before, they know I have some, I've had sleep issues in the past, so I make sure to get four to 500 milligrams of magnesium glycinate before bed. And that helps me to get eight hours of sleep, which is really important to keep your immune system strong. Now, if you have questions for Marcy today, you can call the studio at 651-641-1071. 
A wise doctor once said, today you are you. That's truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. The doctor in question was Dr. Seuss, and I bet he would like the attitude and approach they use at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. For more than 25 years, the licensed nutritionists, registered dietitians, and nutrition educators have worked one-on-one with clients. Because they know no one is youer than you, they will come up with an individualized eating plan that addresses your needs, your body, your health concerns. Because they use research-based knowledge, and because they care, they can guide you to be the best, healthiest, most energetic you you can be. Come into one of their Twin Cities-based office locations for a consultation or schedule a counseling session over the phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Call them at 651-699-3438. That's 651-699-3438. Or go to weightandwellness.com. They will get results for you. It's true. Nutritional Weight and Wellness has offices in St. Paul, Wyzetta, Lakeville, North Oaks, Maple Grove, and Mendota Heights. Call them today at 651-699-3438. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, so often during the cold and flu season, you may find a cold sore pops out, or even worse, you may come down with shingles. So how can you avoid both of those? You know, we know that cold sores and shingles are related to the herpes virus, and that's in your system if you've ever had chicken pox. So make sure you're staying away from sugar and processed carbs And then add bifidobacteria twice a day before meals and a supplement that's called super lysine before breakfast. A couple of those. And if you're worried about shingles, I would suggest a nutrition consultation to focus on your immune system. And a lot of people are worried about the shingles, I know. So for an appointment, call 651-699-3438 and they'll be happy to set up an appointment for you. So, Carl. Yeah, well, so before break, Marcy was sharing her journey with an eating disorder with anorexia. Um, So I just, you know, I know, Marcy, whenever I'm sitting down with a client, I want to know when their eating disorder started and even why it got started. I'm always looking for clues. So clues about a possible food sensitivity, clues about their nutritional status, maybe what they might be lacking. Um, So why do you think you developed an eating disorder? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, as we recognize, eating disorders, can they are created by many things. But as I kind of reflect on why my own eating disorder began, um, I can see the correlation between my gut health and my brain health and kind of the outward symptom of anorexia then. Um, as I, I really never had a healthy gut. I, mm-hmm. I um, just, it always... Never felt good, and I think with the at age fourteen when I decided that I was going to lose that weight and ate such poor food choices, that um, my gut to or continued to deteriorate. And um, you know, you even kind of I think what you're kind of saying is even you know we talked about before that you know by seven, eight, nine you were already thinking should I shouldn't I what should I eat what shouldn't I eat and and you weren't feeling comfortable, like your stomach or your intestinal tract wasn't feeling comfortable at that time, even when you were seven or eight, right? Right, right. I, I had stomach aches all the time. Yeah. All the time. And uh, so I think, you know, just with the bad intestinal flora that I had, um, and then the stomach aches continued, the bloating, the constipation I had all, all growing up, mm-hmm. um, just really, and then, you know, with the no fat, that I decided to 
test out in college Mm -hmm. really just starved my brain on top of that. And how long did you eat no fat or low fat, no fat? Oh, I would say for at least seven to eight years, I was not going to put Mm -hmm. fat in my mouth. I mean, if it happened, it was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't wasn't just following a low-fat diet. It was like no fat. fat. (laughs) And on the days I, I... I conquered that. That was a good day. Well, you know, as nutritionists, and Cara, you you know that, and Marcy, you're in training for to become a nutritionist now. You, we always look for clues when we're working with clients, and we know that one of the signs of a zinc deficiency is a loss of appetite. Mm-hmm. So you go back and you think, who might experience a zinc deficiency? Well, athletes, wrestlers, gymnasts. Anyone who sweats a lot, maybe these people that get up and work out for an hour and a half in the morning and an hour and a half at night, maybe we they lose their zinc and some other minerals, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's common. Vegetarians and especially vegan athletes are at a greater risk of a zinc deficiency because they're not taking in any of the foods mm-hmm. that contain zinc. And what would that be? Meat. 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 Animal protein. You know, zinc is such an important mineral, and the appetite center in our brain needs zinc to function correctly. So when our brain is deficient in zinc, we tend to lose our appetite, but at the same time, we're craving sugar. So we lose our appetite for healthy foods, but we crave sugar. Yeah. <laughs> and this happens to people experiencing anorexia. It also happens to the older population, you know, especially people in nursing homes, you we hear this all the time. We hear about, you know, they don't want to eat or just half a can of soup here and there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, that's a huge sign of a zinc deficiency, which I, isn't it 75% of the population or mm-hmm. something like that is is deficient in zinc of all ages. Right? Yes. Right. And that means, you know, we know that one in one of our classes we talk about kids, 73% of the kids are low in zinc. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, you get, you sometimes can build in eating disorders on just a simple mineral. mineral deficiency. Exactly. And again, when we eat meat, we're giving our body minerals, especially that zinc. And having sufficient zinc is going to be very important right now, again, during that flu and cold season. You know, zinc helps us fight off those bacterial and viral infections, and it's very important for good thyroid function. You know, I think another thing that is, if we do come down with a virus, we use up our zinc faster. So we mm-hmm. actually get more deficient. And, you know, as parents, if you're listening, if you have a son or a daughter who's a runner, a dancer, a gymnast, and they suddenly are starting to say, you know, I'm just not very hungry any longer. You know, a simple solution might be to give them a good quality zinc supplement you know, especially if they're kind of saying, you know, I don't want to eat meat right now. They're kind of leaning toward that being a vegetarian. You know, perhaps, just think about this. You have avoided having, you know, if if your child is starting to lose their appetite, the next step might be turning into an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So giving them a zinc supplement might avoid that. So again, as nutritionists, we always look to the biochemical reason right. for an eating disorder underneath right. There's always a biochemical That's our imbalance mm-hmm. you know, going on with something like this. And then we try to correct that deficiency before it turns into an eating mm-hmm. disorder. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to Marcy's story. So just like Jennifer's eating disorder story, and Jennifer was on Dishing Up Nutrition November 29th, so listeners can, you know, 
download her podcast. But Marcy, you've spent years and years dealing with your eating disorder in several treatment programs. And then in the past few years, you've been using the nutritional biochemical approach to support your brain with food and some key supplements. So I think first you started out with eating more protein. Is that right? Yeah. I just, Does that mean you gave up your marshmallows? <laughs> I did give up my marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, I did start um, eating more protein. You know, I learned that to make those good brain chemicals that I needed, I needed to eat animal protein. So for me, it was most comfortable to eat egg whites because oh, that is so common, Marcy. It is. It, I, I know. And, but I, and I fell right into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I, because of, I was afraid of that fat, I wasn't going to put that yolk in there. No way. Um, so at least you were getting the protein the and then protein. maybe got to the fat later. You'll right. talk about that. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I added some chicken and I really enjoyed those protein powders. So I was definitely having protein mm-hmm. shakes, which like I a whey protein whey protein at the time yep and so slowly i just ate more and more and now today i i that's pretty much all i eat no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i eat a lot of meat so and it it makes me feel great Mm -hmm. and gives me a lot of energy i mean the other day you talked about you know you have little you you carry meat with you all the time so you can snack on meat Mm -hmm. exactly yep it's just little Mm -hmm. containers well, we're going to talk about why that is helping. And I know, Marcy, you obviously know the under or understand the biochemistry of protein and that when we eat protein, we make our brain chemicals such as serotonin and dopamine. And you're just completing your master's degree in nutrition. And I know you're doing an internship with DAR. So you'll be a licensed nutritionist soon, and yes. you could be sharing this information with clients. Yes, soon. I'm very excited. <laughs> so we do have to take a break, Cara. Okay. I, that time goes so it fast. It does go fast. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, yesterday I was visiting with a client, actually Thursday, who just started the Nutrition for Weight Loss program. And in three weeks, she had lost seven pounds. But she said before the beginning of class, she had always been looking for sugar. But in three weeks, she had not had any sugar or been interested in sugar. And she's feeling great. So if you need or want to lose weight the healthy way, our next Nutrition for Weight Loss series starts Tuesday, February 16th. So check it out on our website, weightandwellness.com. You can get the locations and times, or you can call our office at 651 699 Three four three eight, and they'll answer your questions. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, when we developed the Nutrition for Weight Loss program, we created a plan that was based on the most up-to-date research information about metabolism and weight loss. A plan that would give you results you can maintain. A plan that would help you stay on track and change your bad habits into good ones. A plan that would treat you with respect and a plan that would support your overall health. That plan is called Nutrition for Weight Loss. You know, the cost is very reasonable for 12 weeks and an individual two-hour consultation. The cost for all that is $399. So call 651-699-34 to sign up. And also, there's we have six, seven locations. I think we have a new class starting in Eden Prairie. Mm -hmm. So many different places for people to go. And if you have questions for Marcy this morning, call 651-641-1071. 
Right. And before break, Marcy, we were just starting to talk about the importance of protein and how you had started integrating protein into your eating, um, which we know makes those, I call them the happy, feel-good chemicals, dopamine and serotonin. (laughs) That's right, Cara. Protein is really such an important piece of balancing um, our brain. And so we can have those good thoughts and good moods and just be able to think more clearly. I know that really, that really helped me. You know, back in the early 1960s, and I know that you guys can't think back that far, (laughs) but I was at the U of M majoring in psychology. And at that time, an eating disorder was thought to be caused by a controlling mother. Imagine that. <laughs> All those poor moms feeling know, guilty. Get it. So thank goodness research has helped us upgrade our understanding of the cause and treatment of eating disorders. You know, research in the last oh two, three, four years is making a startling connection between the gut and the brain. Mm-hmm. Scientific experts are realizing that if the gut which is also, that's just the intestinal tract. But if the gut has been damaged by bad bacteria or antibiotics, the way that we think can actually be disturbed. And our thinking, our behavior, our food choices, and our ability to focus can all be affected by how our gut is working. So our gut is actually our, it's the small intestinal tract. We call it the second brain, don't we? We do. Right. It's amazing, isn't it? it is. You know... I understood if I wanted to make those happy brain chemicals, I needed to eat the protein. And I also needed to have the good bacteria in my intestinal tract, the good bacteria that we get when we when we are breastfed, which is the probiotic called bifidobacteria. It's needed to make our brain chemicals. And breast milk has 30 percent protein and it does contain bifidobacteria. So babies that are breastfed, you know, get that right away. And they can, that good bacteria helps them to break down the milk protein in breast milk. And it helps them to make their own brain chemicals, even when they're infants. This is all going on. You did breastfeed, I think. I did. For a few months? A couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) I'll share that on air. (laughs) That's fabulous. I mean, you you knew how important it was. And not, Mm -hmm. not everyone can do that, but. It's great. No, I was very fortunate. And it was work, though. It is. It is work. (laughs) Yeah, you're a dedicated mother. Um, So we're really set up right when we're breastfed. Uh, But sometimes we need antibiotics or maybe mom isn't able to breastfeed. And really our biochemistry can suffer. And it, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if we think back, you, I'm not sure if you were breastfed. I wasn't breastfed. So we kind of, kind of got set up probably and you started noticing that. I mean, you started remembering it when you were seven or eight that you were having constipation and right. tummy aches and yeah. all that stuff. Probably was happening even before that. Oh, I'm sure. I, I think my mom did tell me I was a bit, bit cranky, a little colicky. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's pretty common. You might be if you have a belly ache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, I think we got to start ha- having everybody think that that colic is a tummy ache. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it isn't comfortable. Right. It isn't just they were out of cry all night. I know. <laughs> you know, as nutritionists, we can help rebalance people's biochemistry. You know, it's certainly easier to rebalance a two-year-old than a 57-year-old person who's had a long mm-hmm. time eating disorder. But it can still happen. Mm-hmm. And yes. it takes commitment and it takes a lot of support and a lot of support 
and mm-hmm. a lot of support. Mm-hmm. And a lot of support. <laughs> <laughs> I had a 21-year-old client on Thursday, and she was she was just an amazing woman. And she just kept saying, if only I had known this back when. I know. <laughs> like when she was, you know, 15, 16. Right. And I said, you know, you got to give yourself some credit because most of our clients are older. Right. And they're saying, I wish I had known this when I was 21. Yes. But the point is, it is never too late to make these nutritional changes. And mm-hmm. yeah. it really isn't. But Marcy, after you got into the habit of eating protein, what else did you add to your eating plan? Well, I actually started eating that forbidden fat. Oh, my gosh. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> it, w- it was a miracle for me, really. Um, you know, what I actually did was I, I started adding the whole egg yes. to my, my omelet. <laughs> that was great. That was good. And you know what? It tasted really good. So it wasn't too hard going down. You know, I started with one. I went to two. Um, I started putting almond butter on my apples. And, you know, I, I've, I was still safe. I mean, I, I wasn't you know, feeling like I was going to, you know, go off the edge and my brain felt a lot better. I even started sauteing my extra lean turkey meat in Mm. olive oil. (laughs) Today I add a lot of coconut oil. (laughs) But you still felt safe, you call it, feeling safe? exactly. It was within my boundaries. Okay. So I felt good about it. I think that's a word that I've heard from many eating disorder Mm -hmm. clients. Safe. Safe. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, it. you really did... integrate some of these changes slowly. I mean, you started with the protein, with the egg whites, then you added the yolk. So, right. It sounds it like it did not happen overnight. Oh, no. I am not an overnight kind of girl. Yeah. Things take a long time. So, and that's, that's okay. It, yep. it, it still is. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And that's very common. I would be surprised if it was overnight. Right. Our brains are made up of fat. And in fact, over 60% of the brain matter is fat. So to keep our memory working and to keep us calm and have good moods and keep our focus, we need to eat good fat several times a day. Actually, every time we eat, we need healthy fat. Exactly. And, you know, I think one of the things is that we can, as nutritionists, we know that we can say it to someone that is not wanting to eat fat or is afraid of fat. But it just kind of what happens Do you guys just kind of. Did you just kind of at that point in your life, because you were going to be fat free, did you just shut your brain off to that? Or I, well, I just thought it was going to be the best way to get to my goal. And that's what everything at that time, you know, I was reading and that's what I understood, mm-hmm. you know. And then when people are telling you, as I'm, you know, was in recovery, you know, eat the fat. I just thought they don't know. They don't know me. Yeah. They don't know me. Mm-hmm. And I only mm-hmm. know me. So that's always, that's a battle with that. But then, you know, once I thought, you know, maybe they are all right. Look, you know, everybody else is doing it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, it's kind of interesting to try to figure out how do you break through that resistance to people eating fat? I know one of my tricks has been. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say this on oh, the no. air. Oh, <laughs> she's sharing this because sometimes people don't realize that olives have fat in them. Oh, good and point. so sometimes that's how I would start someone getting a little bit of fat into their brain. Mm-hmm. You'd say, "Okay, let's have ten black olives at this meaty mill, or right. five, or whatever they would be willing to eat." Mm-hmm. And then, oh, then we maybe say, maybe. How about a little avocado, like even a quarter of an avocado right. or something mm-hmm. like that? Right. You know, slowly. Start slow. It's, right. Maybe That's... with small amounts, not eating the half of the avocado right away. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
which even for people who eat fat, I, they're always like, can I really eat right. the half they're avocado? Shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, knowing the information about how great fat is, I, I, I ate ra- or I ate the farm-raised grass-fed chickens' eggs and because they have great fat in the egg yolk mm-hmm. that really I needed for my brain health. You know, knowledge helps, has helped me overcome my fear. Um, today, I really believe people with health issues need more nutritional knowledge. You know, our young people need more quality nutrition education and not the nutrition education saying about how many calories they should eat, but really nutrition education about, you know, good quality food and nutrients. So, Marcy, do you think that, did that really make a difference when you started making the shift because you really knew the nutritional information because that's what you started studying. Right. Yeah. I mean, once I was armed with my with the knowledge of knowing that was going to be better and good for me and, and I felt good with it, then I could. Well, that just gives you power, power mm-hmm. over yourself mm-hmm. and power over the eating disorder, which consumes. OK, mm-hmm. that's a great point. Yeah. Should we just go to break a, yeah. about a minute early here and yeah, then we'll come back and, and finish up talking to Marcy? You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and if you or a family member are struggling with an eating disorder, I would suggest making an appointment with one of the nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We have found many people with an eating disorder also struggle with food sensitivities. Removing these foods that they're sensitive to usually results in a faster and more productive recovery. So call the office at 651-699-3438. And you can talk to someone at the front desk and they can get you set up. And also call our studio today if, if you have questions, 651-641-1071. Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress-Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens when you and your coworkers eat healthier foods? Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Now, next Saturday, February 7th, Kate Crosby and I will be teaching the five-hour menopause survival seminar. And if you have any questions about perimenopause, menopause, or even postmenopause, we will be addressing like things like vaginal dryness, osteoporosis, hot fat flashes, loss of libido, mood swings. We have lots of nutritional solutions to hormone concerns. And today you can call 651-699-3438. Uh, there's just a few places left, a few seats mm-hmm, left in mm-hmm. that class. So it's going to be a fun day. Yeah, that's going to be a great day for people. Mm-hmm. I know everyone enjoyed the last one mm-hmm. that you did. You know, we had a caller that's, this, this person is not going to be talking on air, but she had a question for Marcy 
on, you know, how she wants to know how you started adding protein. You know, how did you overcome that kind of fear or dislike of protein? <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, I never disliked protein. That'll, that's the first thing. But how I started eating more was that um, if you remember, I was exercising a lot. And I decided that instead of just being pretty much bones, I would I wanted some muscle. <laughs> okay. So I yeah. put I started eating more protein to build my muscle mass. And that's how I overcame it because I wanted to be a better me. Yes. Okay. I think that's a fantastic yeah. answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully And did you start with meat or did you start with like whey protein powder oh, shakes? No, my, my handy dandy egg whites. That's yeah, okay. that's right. Okay. Yeah. Started with that. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, you already shared that. <laughs> so we do have a couple callers here. I'm gonna go ahead and take Julie's call. Good morning, Julie. You're on air with Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question? I do have a question. It's not as much related to your topic that you're you're talking about, but it is kind of in a way. Um, I have gone through the nutrition for weight loss. Um, the good news is, I before that I was laying in bed saying I can't, I just can't I can't live like this because I'm in so much pain. Mm-hmm. Good news is, pretty much the pain is gone. It's down to maybe like ten percent, which is Wonderful. fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I've only lost maybe like five pounds, mm-hmm. and I'm eating really clean. I'm exercising. And I'm wondering if maybe my the composition of things is off a little bit and I'm having too much fat. And I didn't know what your, you know, if, if I'm trying to try to weed out what, what fat is, is sabotaging me, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out the grams, like how many grams am I supposed to shoot for for fat a day or protein or carbs? Because I really don't, I found carbs somewhere. Okay, here, Julie, Julie, um, it's two teaspoons of fat per meal and snack, so it's 10 grams of fat. So that can be in nuts, it can be in avocados, it could be in butter. So that's what it is. But also, if you've had a lot of pain in your body, you have probably a lot of inflammation. And actually, your fat cells get inflamed. And sometimes it takes a while before that inflammation is at a level that your body will lose weight. So you might just have to hang in there with this good, healthy eating. (laughs) <laughs> I know, but you and know, then, you know, it's the whole thing of thinking fat is bad. And yeah, I, that kind of goes well, down to the whole like. Yep, but you thing. know that's true, but you do know how well it's working because you're out of pain mm-hmm, almost exactly, and it's yes. perfect. And you know, two teaspoons of fat is not a lot. A lot of fat. Right. It's ten grams of fat per meal mm-hmm. and snack. So right. Um, and you know, I've been having a lot. I do like the almond butter. You guys kind of got me like hooked on that. I'm thinking that could be like mm-hmm. a problem. Well, you you know, look at the label. They're all a little bit different. It's it's between okay. one and two tablespoons right. for almond okay. butter, peanut butter, any type of nut butter. And sometimes on nuts and, and nut butter, people tend to overeat. So mm-hmm. maybe you just don't yeah. have that. Right. You have something else that is more, yep. it's safe. It's safe. Right, <laughs> right. exactly. <laughs> Thanks all for the call, Good Julie. question, though. Thank you. Thank you, all Julie. Right, Should I go ahead and take this other call? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Patty. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What's your question? Hi. I've noticed that um, I have a real sensitivity to sugar and that cravings is terrible. And I do see that I I do much better when I, when I have protein, mm-hmm. but I don't know how to distribute it through the day. How many times a day? How many ounces? How do I break that down? Well, we would recommend, you know, at minimum having it with your three main meals 
And I think you would have even fewer cravings if you added protein into your snacks. So the the portion amount, what that looks like is about the palm, the size of the palm of your hand. Okay. okay. I mean, how many ounces? I guess I'm really worried about it. Um, it's, if I don't want to eat too much, I don't want to eat too little. Yep. It's typically four ounces. I mean, without knowing for a meal. everything about you. But yeah, four ounces for a meal and two ounces for a snack. Okay. And so, then how many times a day would that be? Like five. three meals would be four ounces? Five. I mean, three meals would be... Yep. And then two snacks. Right. So you're eating protein five times a day. Four ounces for your meals, two ounces for your snacks. And two snacks a day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then how do if you're having like if you take cooked chicken and coconut oil, would that be considered your fat? Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. Okay. If and you're how cooking. many times a day of the fat? Five five times. Yep. Every time you Every eat time. you need healthy fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good <laughs> questions, Patty. Thank you. Thanks so much Thank for your you. call. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye bye. We were speaking of fat. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were talking about the importance of quality fats to support blood sugar, to support our brains. Our brains are made of sixty percent fat. Um and so, you know, Marcy started integrating fat after she first she was integrating protein and then started eating fat. So let's talk about some of those fats. Mm-hmm. You know, let's Let's talk about the difference between quality fats and bad fats. So quality fats would be butter, coconut oil. Our last caller asked about that. That's a healthy fat. Olive oil, nuts, avocados, heavy whipping cream. And But it's as much as it's important to add in healthy fats, it's also just as important to avoid the refined and damaged fats like soybean oil, corn oil, margarine cottonseed oil, Crisco, or any of those vegetable oils, and a lot of baked goods like muffins, cookies, those are made with the refined damaged fats. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget about fast food French fries. You know, they will contain 19 different ingredients, and several of them are partially hydrogenated trans fats. You know, not one, but several different trans fats. And when we eat trans fats, our brain cells become stiff and they block transmission of chemicals and information. Our brain can give us mixed messages like, I'm too fat. And that one, I think a lot of people with eating disorders have. Yes. When in reality, they're thin and maybe even too thin. You know, I'm very protective of my daughter who's three and a half and I don't want her to get bad fat in her diet. But I do really make an effort to give her lots of the healthy fats, like butter, avocados, olives. She loves olives. And, you know, cook with olive oil, and I give her nut butters. So, Cara, I bet you also have her taking an omega-3 DHA supplement. Well, I knew. I do. I mean, it was in breast milk, for sure. Right. Um, It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the main fat that's in our brain. I started giving it to her as a supplement when she was one. Okay. So research has found that having sufficient DHA helps children learn better. They have better moods. They have better gross motor and fine motor skills. And they're more emotionally stable. Uh, Brain nutrients are so important for good brain function. We all want our kids to have fat heads. So Mm -hmm. brains make up of are really made up of good fats. Mm -hmm. So, you know, good fats help people become who they really are. And Marcy, right. you discovered in your recovery that you actually have food sensitivities, right? Yes, yes. I, I actually have a lot of food sensitivities. You know, I was eating 
Um, but I still had the chronic stomach aches and the bloating, you know, the gas, the constipation, all that good stuff. And so I realized that I needed to, you know, get rid of some of those foods that were bothering me, which number one was dairy for me. Um, I cut that out and felt a lot, a lot better. And, and likely I had that growing up. I, I'm sure you did. Yeah. You kind of uh, had like lactose intolerance or even probably since birth, maybe. Yeah, perhaps. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and after the dairy, I, I found I was, uh, soy was really hard for me to digest um, and definitely gluten. So I don't eat any bread or pasta anymore. Um, that just created a whole host of terrible pains. So basically, you know, I find meat and vegetables easy to digest now, and my body really feels great. I have a lot of energy. So I think when we're talking to parents, and I know as nutritionists we do this, we help people look at some of these underlying food sensitivities. You know, the dairy is so, I mean, 70% of the population really cannot digest dairy products. Right. Which is kind of shocking, it isn't is it? It is amazing. It is. Because they want you to drink milk at lunchtime every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And right. there's something wrong with you if you don't. Right. But if you have a tummy ache. You don't want to do it. So getting an eating disorder under control, I think, really takes a highly trained nutritionist who really understands the biochemically chemical complexity of the brain and the digestive system and the nervous system. And then you need a lot of support and direction and help. And Marcy, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me here. It was fun. Thank you. Have a nice weekend, everybody. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.